Welcome back to another episode of the Kitman Podcast. My name is Rohan. Before we get into the episode, if you guys could drop five stars if you enjoyed today's content, it helps us out a ton. And then with that said, we have three awesome people with me on, on today's episode, Gareth, James, and Eric. Eric, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you boys doing? I'm good. I'm good. James? Uh, amazing, mate. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. And then last but not least, Gareth, how, <laughs> how, how, how are things in Wales? Oh, absolutely miserable outside. But you know, keeping warm and cheery and excited to talk about uh, some transfers, I guess. Yes, exactly. That's that's a perfect transition. We have a very exciting episode. It is one transfer each of the big six clubs need. So with that said, let's kick it off with things at the bottom. Chelsea, Chelsea, James. Tottenham, Tottenham at the bottom. Oh, we're Tottenham at the bottom now. Well, they're just the worst. Size-wise. <laughs> oh, Size-wise size at their bottom, mate. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Size matters. Okay. We can we uh, can do it from the table so that the Tottenham fans don't cry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we'll we'll start at the with Chelsea. James, who do you have? Okay, Chelsea. They have a slight issue with scoring goals. Um. So someone I've gone with is a 22 year old striker called Dusan Vlahovic. A one goal in every two striker. Someone who links up play quite well. Powerful runner. Bit of an aerial threat. And oddly enough, for someone who's six foot three. Brilliant set piece is a phenomenal free kick taker. I feel like someone. I feel like the way Chelsea utilize their wing backs, the way they get into the box, someone like Vlahovic could be great. And as I say, with the free kicks, he gives off strong Zlatan vibes. Ooh, that's true. That's true. I like this Zlatan comparison. But yeah, yeah no, yeah, that's good. I I also had um, Vlahovic, but I had a backup because I thought someone would come with Vlahovic. I went with Ivan. Sorry. Oh, ah, oh. no, that's I mine. Backup. I oh, bet you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so wait, was that was that yours, Gareth and Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, well, you guys speak on speak on Ivan Tony. I think oh, oh, no, you, you go first. You go. No, you go ahead, Eric. Okay, oh, that's go. my bad. He, yeah, I think he's very technically gifted. If you look at his hat trick against Leeds, some of the strikes in that are just brilliant. His hold up play is good. The way he links up with fellow attackers is going to be nice. Chelsea kind of have their attacking three is kind of just. No one has a defined position. They switch it around far too much. But if you have a striker in there who actually knows his role and can link up with the other two, I think that'll be great. And I think he's going to excel. I think he's very underrated. One of the best strikers in the league. That's true. I have to agree. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know how people haven't bought him yet. Yeah, it's crazy, especially with how many uh, kind of need a striker. Like Man United is why I considered him for them also. But yeah, um, going off what Eric said, uh, Vlahovic as well is a, is a good shout um, I didn't really think of that just because I didn't really think it was, I don't know, I just feel like Juve will keep hold of him, but that would be a great signing. But going off what Eric said, I think they really need that focal point up front, Chelsea do. And also thinking about the players that they do have around them, someone like a Sterling, I think, will play very well off him. And Havertz as well, who's kind of been playing that striker role a lot of the time for Chelsea. And I think he's actually been doing better than a lot of people think, but when I've seen him previously, he plays very well off a striker as well. So I think someone like a Tony, who's not only a good goal threat, lethal in front of goal, as Eric said, but also can bring others into play, I think is perfect for them. But also on on top of that, it's just, it's he's he has the Chelsea gene, I think. I think he would fit them so well, because if you look back at their strikers, like a Drogba, a Diego Costa, their fans love that guy who can just hold the ball up bring others into play, and then also can score goals themselves. 
any fan base that likes that, but Chelsea especially seem to like only ever succeed when they have someone like that uh, with them. And Tony fits that perfectly. They also like a bit of a shithouse, don't they? And Tony, yeah. with his betting scandals and just all of his little dramas that he ha- he's had off the pitch as well, he just has like Chelsea DNA written all over him. So, yeah, I even though I wouldn't want... If they're going to sign someone, I want it to be him because he just seems to fit the mould. Yeah, you're right, by the way, about um, uh, Havertz linking up with him. Havertz's best time at Leverkusen was when he was with Volland. The link mm. play was phenomenal. And I I feel like that's such a massive reason why you don't see the best of ha- um, Havertz right now at Chelsea. Because yeah. he is that striker. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Chelsea have really been lacking that guy up top. And I feel like that's what's the key ingredient in all of their successful teams. Okay, so let's move one spot up the table, or a couple spots up the table to Liverpool. James, why don't you take it away as, as our resident Liverpool fan? Well, originally I did have Enzo Fernandez, but as of today, it seems like Chelsea... I like really pushing for him. So I've gone with an even more boring answer. I've gone with Jude Bellingham. He's just, I'm basically going to compare him to Jordan Henderson here. I think he's a, I think he's a stronger, more consistent tackling Jordan Henderson. He's a better ball carrier than Henderson, meaning that Liverpool don't get counted as often. You know how much I hate that about Liverpool. And he's a bigger goal threat than Henderson. As I say, I think I thought Enzo Fernandez fit, fits the mold a bit better because with Bellingham, he seems a little bit more erratic. Fernandez seems a bit more calm and composed on the ball, but he's probably off to Chelsea. So I've gone Jude Bellingham. I think that's the centre midfield is such an issue for us. Yeah, no, definitely. Eric, how about you? I've gone with Enzo Fernandez. I don't think Bellingham's going to go anywhere in January. Not that I think Enzo is going to go to Liverpool, but I think he would fit them pretty well. He was very impressed in the World Cup, obviously. I didn't even realise that he's only been in Europe since this season. He only went to Benfica, but in the Champions League as well. Benfica have been a joy to watch, and he's been one of the standout men. I think he would fit them very well, because obviously their midfield has been lacking. Gareth, how about you? Yeah, I went with Enzo as well, and uh, James is right. Like Chelsea are really pushing to sign him, but I think Liverpool need to do something, or try their best to break that transfer down, because Jude Bellingham, uh, like, like we said already, not sure he's going to be moving uh, in January, um, and also looks like Real Madrid are very much there. And when they're on the table, it's hard to really compete because they just have that pull. So I think Liverpool need to not bank on Bellingham in the summer or whatever. I think they need to go in for Enzo and really try and get him. Um, And, you know, Chelsea are pushing now. um, But I think if Liverpool can, you know, come up with something... Um, I think they're still a more attractive proposition uh, as 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 we speak. So, yeah, it, it is looking like they might have lost out already, but they can still, at least as from where we're speaking right now, it could be all, all done in a couple of days. We know how these transfers happen, but from where we're sitting now, I think they really need to push and sign him because I think he's the complete midfielder. I think in a few years, we could be looking at the best midfielder in the world. Potentially, I do think he's got that potential. Um he reminds me a lot of Thiago Alcantara in that he's just so complete. He's got every aspect uh, that a midfielder needs to his game. And the way he dictates play, people didn't really mention it too much because the the narrative was all about Mbappe and Messi in that World Cup final. But that those first 75 minutes especially, he was just completely running that game. And I think for me is one of the main reasons that Argentina won that final. Yeah, oh, that's fair. That's fair to say. He, he was really, really big for them. Um, Personally, I had three players Liverpool could sign because I thought Enzo Fernandez and Jude Bellingham would be said. 
So my absolute third fail safe and a signing I think Liverpool actually should make this window is Moises Caicedo. He, he, he was good in the World Cup. We know he's good for Brighton, Prem proven. He can shield that back line by dropping into the six, but he also um, is more of a defensively minded central midfielder. So yeah, I've gone with Moises Caicedo yeah. there. He's only and, on ca- 3.5 grand a week. It's incredible. <laughs> is Man. he really? Yeah. Yeah. Can, oh I, can I just say the only reason I didn't go with Moises Caicedo was because I feel like Liverpool probably need to replace Henderson quicker than need to replace Fabinho. I could see Fabinho pulling it back a little bit. I can't see Henderson. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, let's move even further up the table to the Red Devils. Gareth, who 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 have you highlighted for them? Uh well, I was looking at the squad because I think, you know, when everyone's all fit, it's actually a really good team. I think like start of the season people were just overlooked them because they hadn't done so well so it's actually kind of struggling because that you could upgrade a, a quite a few positions but ultimately i think the one they need to, to upgrade is the striker position just because of martial's fitness issues and i've gone with a guy who did well at the world cup kind of burst onto the scene although he has been doing well in the champions league and for benfica this season gonzalo ramos i don't know if i'm, how, if I'm pronouncing that right but yeah gonzalo ramos i think would be an excellent signing he's so well-rounded uh brilliant oppressing from the front defending from the front which i know manchester united kind of desperately need in that you know is the kind of opposite of what Ronaldo gave um he's very clinical in front of goal although um he doesn't necessarily score as many as I think he could I think he's going to improve in that aspect in the future he's very creative as well he's just the all-round striker which um Ten Hag loves and he's only going to get better from here the reason I picked him as well is because you could have gone with like they could go out for a Tony or a Vlahovic or someone like that as we mentioned for Chelsea earlier but I think Ramos would probably be a little bit happier sitting on the bench a little bit more for those times where you do have Anthony Martial in there and you can kind of rotate them. Um, but I think he'd be happier for at least a year or two coming off the bench. Whereas I think Tony kind of want if he's going to move, sorry, I think he wants to be the main man. And Vlahovic, obviously, I don't think he's not going anywhere to be back up, you know. Re- replacing Ronaldo with the guy who replaced <laughs> him at the World Cup would be a exactly. great final little fuck you from eric ten hog <laughs> exactly that that as well yeah no i see it i see it. i like it i like it i like it eric how about you i've gone for another striker someone who didn't play too well in the world cup i've gone with jonathan david because i think that he's proved over the last six months since burak yilmaz has been sold from leo that he can play as a sole striker for his whole career he's played in a two at ghent he was with um yaramchuk and the Poitra. In Canada, he always plays with Laren, and he'd always play with Yilmaz and Leal. But in Liga this season, he's one of the top scorers. He's the kind of striker who isn't going to hold it up like Tony or like Blahovic. He is a one-chance, one-goal kind of guy. He will ghost the whole game, but if you put it on a plate for him, he will score. And Manchester United creates so many chances. I think they've created the most in the league, yet they have less goals than Brighton. So I think he would be perfect for them. He's two-footed. And the striker market is actually kind of weak right now. I've realized that all the world-class strikers are either just completely out of the price range, like Mbappe and Holland, or they're just very old, like Benzema, Lewandowski, you know, that kind of mold. I've never realized until recently the striker market's just kind of weak right now. No, I, I agree a thousand percent. The striker market, there there's not a whole lot going on. Like, aside from 
Tony Vlahovic and like one one or two other strikers, they're pretty locked into their teams. James, how how, how do you feel about Jonathan David? I like Jonathan David a lot. Um, he scored zero goals for Canada in the World Cup. He did. <laughs> should have taken that penalty though. He really I'm should. I certainly would have banged that. Yeah, one hundred percent. So he, he's, he if he if he scored that, I'm sure my United would have bought him because they love <laughs> a penalty. Um, unsurprisingly, I have gone for a striker myself, Gareth. I'm a, I'm sorry about this, but I've gone for Victor Oshiman. Um, I know, I know you you love your you you love your Naples. Uh, 24 years of age. I was umming and ahhing between him and Vlahovic, but I've I've kind of come to the conclusion that Oshiman is a lot more off the shoulder. He can use his pace, um, which would benefit someone like Bruno Fernandez a lot more with his creativity. He's a lot more instinctive in the box. I found as well than uh, Vlahovic. Like he gets the ball in the box. No real messing about. He will just shoot. Mm. Uh, I I just think that benefits United quite a lot, really. How many chances they create? Yeah, you are right. I would hate to see it. I would absolutely hate to see it. The only place <laughs> I'd accept him going is Arsenal. But um, or Hereford. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If if you know if Hereford stump up the money, you know, I reckon we could get the deal done. Um, <laughs> Go for it. But maybe. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he would be perfect. He's probably. The best option, I think, out there for United specifically, Victor Simhan, but um, also a very expensive one. So, yeah, it depends well, Nath- whether they Nath- want to do Lee that. Paid, what was it, seventeen million for him? Was it last year? Seventy million last, for him? Yeah, yeah. last year, yeah, two years ago, awesome. from Leo, wasn't it as well? Yeah. Um, so they'll be looking surely over a hundred. Surely. Yeah. I mean, they were turning down um, like shouts of a hundred in the summer. And he's had a really good season so far. Um, so yeah, I can't really see him go for anything less. If than any club stupid enough to pay it, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, don't think they'd be stupid enough. I think he'd be worth. Well, yeah, it, yeah, honestly. yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, I. You, what needs to happen is the Glazers need to get in some hot water. The fans need to get a little bit upset, and then they're willing to shell out that you know yeah, hundred yeah. to one hundred twenty million. And I, they're I, doing I too well. What, yeah, they're doing too well to make a move that expensive right now. Yeah, exactly. Things are going too well. Um, <laughs> I I've gone with a shout for for striker, but I I I want to make my case. It's Julian Alvarez from Manchester City because he had a great World Cup. But my thing is, in Alvarez's mind, he's had a great World Cup. He's performing well for City when he comes off the bench, but he barely gets any playing time, and it's because he's behind Holland. Now, it might not be a January transfer. It's not incredibly likely. But in his mind, he's that guy. He's he's ready. He feel like he feels like he's deserved, you know, playing time. And he's not necessarily going to get that from Pep. He does kind of fit into Ten Hag's system. Incredible work rate. Great, great presser. Not the best in terms of like ball ball control or link up play. But, you know, he finishes his chances like he he's kind of he's very similar to Aguero, so so that's my case for Julian Alvarez to to mention. It's, a, it's, some, it's something teams don't do enough now um, nowadays. They don't really just go after their rivals' players. Like in the summer, I was I just wanted Liverpool to go for like a Gundogan or Bernardo Silva. Just mm. why not? Like you have the money, just do it. See, the, the worst they can say is no. They gave us some do Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. reverse Carlos Tevez. Carlos yeah. Tevez can do that. He can go the other way. He's Argentinian yeah. as well. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That would be funny. And then United could put up a poster. That would be great. <laughs> Reverse Andy Cole. So let's bu- let's bump into North London where we have uh, Tottenham Hotspur. Now, there there's a lot of weaknesses in this team, and I'm not sure exactly what they need. So, so Gareth, why don't, why don't, why don't you take it away? Yeah, I mean, 
I think there are a lot of weaknesses. Lloris could be replaced. They could really do with another defender or even two, perhaps, because Longley's only on loan. Um, they could do with another right wing back because Doherty's decent. Um, the other two, I mean, Spence doesn't get a look in. He seems like he's got a real attitude problem, and I'm not sure he's even that good anyway. Um, so, yeah, like they could really do with uh, another wing back. Midfield, I think Bentoncourt and Hoybier, I think Hoybier can be upgraded on but you know it's it's one of those where he's he's okay for now I think um and he's been having a decent season not as good as Tottenham fans think he's been but there you go um and then the front three Son's obviously not been great but then they have just signed Richarlison who I think can fit into that left side forward role pretty well um and is Kane gonna stick around in the summer who knows so they could go for a striker but I've gone for that defender and I've gone for Fikayo Tomori um now I think this would be potentially there's the main reason I've gone for him in particular is that his pace would allow them to play higher up the pitch, which I think is a problem for them a lot of the time that they just have to sit deeper because I mean, when you've got like a Ben Davis and a Dyer and Romero's fine, but he's not like the quickest. He's not going to, he's not going to give you that recovery pace that Tomori does. Can't really play a high line against certain teams. So I think he would be very good for that reason. I think also he's had a year and a half now in Italy. He's won a Scudetto, you know. I think he'd be happy to take the move right now. I don't think he'd be super expensive. I think you could get him for a decent price. And also when I was looking at players that, you know, uh, Milan had been interested in, uh, Tanganga came up, which again is kind of like a direct swap, which is interesting, but apparently Milan were interested in a loan for him. And then Brian, is it Heel as well? Is how you pronounce it? He's also been linked with uh, Milan as well in the past. And I think he would definitely benefit from leaving the Premier League. Um, I think he could be a great signing. Milan need a right winger as well. So there's a few reasons why the deal makes sense for both parties. Um, But also tactically, I think he's one of the best realistic options because they were thinking about uh, getting Vardio in the summer. And that made me chuckle because that was just never going to happen. But um, yeah, I think he's a realistic option because realistically, I don't really think any of the top teams in England are going to go for him. And I do think at some point, you imagine he'd want to come back. That's a great point. Yeah, he's probably going to try and want to break into that England national team. Where else yeah, exactly. to do that aside from England? After after he turned down Canada, we have that, Eric. Oh, he played for under-21s and we beat England. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, Captain it's, yeah. under-21s even. <laughs> there you go. But the, we don't want him. He's not better than Steven Vittoria. <laughs> Double figure goals in the Portuguese league for a center back, boys, in 2013. Come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe, All right, maybe Tottenham should get him. Yeah. Yeah, he's who, only 36. Who, who should Tottenham get? <laughs> I think Tottenham should get Pedro Porro from Sporting because at right wing back, mm. Emerson Royale seems to be the first choice these days. And I know he's trying. He paid like a million pounds. <laughs> he paid a million pounds to get a scout report on other right backs to improve his game. But bless his heart, it's not working out. Pedro Porro seems like he needs a step up from sporting. Under Ruben Amarim, he has been in excellent form over the last couple of years. He was one of those players who was kind of between Man City and their brother clubs like Girona for a season or two. Mm. But plays wing back and in Conte's system, I think he'd be great. Conte has sometimes had like who was it Victor Moses in his system at Chelsea and Inter 
had Hakimi, and now I think it's time to get another player who could become a very good wing back for them. He's only 23 years old as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an excellent shout. Really, really mm-hmm. good. He's they very good on football manager. Him, I think. Ruben yeah, Amram? I... Oh, you said he's good on football manager. Yeah, yeah. They said he's a good football manager. Yeah, Amram is a good manager, though. He's kind of come out of nowhere. Something like Arteta. He's quite young. Yeah. Uh, that, that That's a great shout. Um, I just want to say, there's so much luck that goes into, you know, being signed from an academy team into a into a professional team. And the fact that Emerson Royale made it past like several scouting reports and yeah. and, <laughs> and like so many vetting processes and still starts for Tottenham to this day is absurd to me. But he even got to Barcelona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't get it. Brian Hill, the fifth Beatle. What a guy. Um no, I am um, I very nearly went Pedro Parra as well. So I'm glad I changed my mind very quickly. Um, I've gone a little bit different. I didn't really think about the high line aspect of what um, Gareth just said, but you're absolutely right. Um, anyway, I still went with um, Adam Webster from Brighton, 27 years of age, so he's you know he's still in his prime. Plays uh, a little bit like Van Dyke, like he's a good ball pro- he's a good ball progressor. Sorry, doesn't panic at the back. He's a big guy who wins a lot of aerial battles. However, unlike Van Dyke, he's a little bit more aggressive in the tackle. Um, more more willing to make his uh, sorry, more willing to make challenges and get in the way of shots. And I think it's just a position that, in general, Spurs really need to improve on. Is he'd be gone... an upgrade on Eric Dyer, wouldn't he? Uh, oh, a close one that is. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, Eric, Eric. Maybe Dyer push him needs... right wing back for Emerson Royale instead. <laughs> Eric Dyer needs to hang up the cleats, man. It, it's <laughs> it's just not working out. Yeah, he had a he did have a good bit of form. To be fair to him, but like. Uh, even then, like just some of the things he does, I'm, I'm like, how do Tottenham fans back this guy? I know. I can't believe he scored two goals in his first two games for them. <laughs> yeah. Him yeah, and Pedro no, he, Poro, uh, two people go from Sporting to Tottenham. Yeah. yeah. Can't tell the difference between the two. I remember that. I remember that. Dyer scored in his first two games, and we played them at White Hot Lane, third game. Alberto Moreno scored in a 3 0 victory. That shut Bang them up goal. very quickly. <laughs> yeah, back, yes. Great goal. Cross the keeper. I also trust the Portuguese league a lot more these days. Because yeah. yeah. a couple of years ago, if you look at the best players in that league, like Jackson Martinez, Renato Sanchez, yeah. they were going, they were doing nothing. Elia Quimangala, yeah. there's yeah. Like plenty of them. It wasn't until, and the best players from Portugal were like Bernardo Silva, never made his name in the Portuguese league. He went to Monaco before he even got a chance at Benfica. So I really yeah. thought that was a fraudulent league, but... It's kind of improved now, Ruben Diaz, uh, Luis Diaz. Maybe it's just if you're called Diaz. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a Diaz blessing. Um, Rob is. I've, I've also gone with the defender, though, for Tottenham. I think it'll help Son out a lot. I think he needs a little bit of quality on, on his side of the field. So I've gone with Theo Hernandez. Um, great World Cup. Obviously been linked to Manchester City and will be very expensive. So if, if Tottenham are willing to shell out for it, I think it could be a good signing. Would he move would he move to Tottenham, do you think? I reckon he bins him. No, up. no, I, yeah. I if I'm yeah, him, no I I would be like, don't They'd send have... me to Tottenham. Yeah. He would get booed they... at the San Siro in the next Champions League game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to throw the bag at him, I think. Yeah, but no, they definitely I mean he would have. be he would be the perfect signing. He, exactly what Conte would like, you know? Exactly. Okay. Let's move into Somehow they're in second right now, Manchester City. I'll take it away as as the as the city city fan here. I think a lot of what's been lacking for City is that dynamic winger. 
we used to have Sané used to bring a little bit of spice, um, a little bit of freestyle to Pep's very rigid system. Uh, then Mares, but he seems to be kind of at the end of his tenure. So I've gone with two possible signings, one on each side of the field. One is Rafinha on the right. That's going to be a hard buy, hard to lure him away from Barcelona. But then on the left but, side, I've gone with Rafael Leao. Yeah, Ooh. I was going to say on Rafinha, um, there are rumors that he might be put up for sale. Um, it's not all yeah. ro- as rosy as it seems. So that might might be you know, quite realistic come the summer. Maybe even if they push for him in January, Barca would just be like, sure, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's Man City. Barcelona can just go, I want this much, which could be a, a completely unrealistic amount. But City, they know City have the money to pay it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And and the thing about Rafinha is he's a lot more direct it, and he wouldn't necessarily directly fit into Pep's system. But that was the thing with Sané. He he brought something different. Mares brought something different. Now Ma- what Mares does is he gets the ball, does like three step overs and then passes it backwards. Yeah. It's time for him to go. James. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the Mares replacement, but I changed my mind. Quick, I, I did change my mind. I went a bit more uh, fruity. So I was originally going to go Rodrigo. Um, but instead, I've opted uh Edison out Mike Magnon in Ooh. I think if there's one obvious weakness to, to Man City it's Edison's ability to actually save the football um that's true and think of Mike Magnon he's still he's I mean he's a fantastic shot, shot stopper he's still very capable on the ball um however you are losing that insane insane distribution that Edison does bring but Magnon sound on the ball he can't I've seen also... I've seen Manyan pick picks pick a few pings yeah. out. You know, I, he can I, he can do Edison's it. Edison's no, no, on another level, is. in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing with um Manyan can also like uh, deploy as a bit of a sweeper keeper. He's no it's he, I mean he's playing for Milan. It's a lot different to playing for Man City. Man City play a much higher line, but the line that Milan do deploy, Manyan can act as a bit of a sweeper. It will, it will remain to be seen just how effective he'll be in that system, but I think it's worth the risk because of how many points he will literally save. That's not crazy to say because Ederson is a very questionable shot stopper. Yeah, and, I was about to say, what do you yeah. think of his shot stopping? Because it's never really struck me as like someone who's making you like, wow. No, yeah, yeah no, 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 absolutely not. Like, there's a reason I, I would I would start Allison over over Ederson for Brazil for sure. And the thing is, how often is that distribution really put into play? Like, may, maybe once a month. That we're like, mm-hmm. wow, there's that distribution from Ederson. I mean, it, it it's it's amazing, but it's not put into play that much because of how well City keep the ball. He's just kind of playing it in between the center backs. And then once every now and then he'll go long. Mm-hmm. So 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 no, I, I, I like that signing. Gareth, how about you? Well, I went for one of yours. I went for Rafa Leal. Um ah, yes. Now I wanna see Foden either drift into midfield or yes stay on the left, but I think Pep sees him as a right winger, ultimately. Um, I hope he does anyway, because I don't want you to come and take uh, Saka from us. Um, So, but yeah, so opening up the space, obviously there's Grealish, but, and I do think he's doing better than people think, but I just think City, if you're going for those Champions Leagues and stuff, you need to have, you know, some really elite players basically everywhere. Um, And Leal just offers that option really he's very good creatively so it wouldn't take away from Haaland as well but one of Haaland's greatest abilities I guess is his ability to drag defenders out of the way and 
Leao kind of coming into that space with players like De Bruyne with from that right uh, half space crossing into there. You've then got two targets. Leao is also a physical presence. Um, you know, he's not just this small, tricky winger. He's, you know, he can actually finish uh, those those kind of chances similar to Haaland. So it's just an extra weapon from there. I think it would be like ridiculously overpowered to go and get him. Um, I don't want to see it happen. I do. Um, from a from a perspective of a, of a rival but um yeah uh i think it would be an unreal move and then obviously foden on that right side i don't think it's his best position right now but i think the more he plays there the more he gets used to cutting inside doing those creative things uh, i think eventually cancelo may move to that right back position uh full time and then when you've got him overlapping as well that right side will be fantastic as well so yeah that's that's basically my reasoning for layout that's true. Milan are getting bullied in this episode. Yeah, you're just yeah, taking all the best players. <laughs> They're getting farmed. Eric, yeah. How about you? Who have you got? I'm going for a bit of a strange one. It would be re-signing Leroy Sane. Yes. Because I think that <laughs> the way he left, he didn't play at all that entire season. Season that was interrupted halfway Broke through. Broke my heart. Yeah, he had a bad injury, and then they just kind of got rid of him and he was forgotten about. But Bayern have a lot of players who are attacking midfielders and wingers so i think that they wouldn't be completely against selling him and he excelled there the first time he's so technically good he's rapid i think he would fit right in perfectly i don't think Grealish is doing it these days i kind of see it with Grealish a bit i don't think he's playing terribly but mm-hmm. his end product in the leeds game he missed one or two absolute sitters i think those are things that sane would put away mm. that's fair i think seeing him with holland as well that would just be ridiculous playing out of his skin these days. <laughs> no, that that's fair. I back it. I back it. Um, I, I think Grealish just needs a little bit more time. I think at the end of the season, if he's not performing to what we kind of expect, I'll I'll admit he's a flop. But until then, I'm backing him. All right, Eric, yeah. staying with you, the mighty Arsenal. We were playing a little a little bit too well, you know. Usually when you start in Arsenal career mode, you don't know who where to begin. But now it's quite tough. I'm going with Joao Felix. We're linked with him. I think on our bench, our attacking options lack. And we'll continue to lack for the next couple of months while Gabriel Jesus is still out. And having him as... He's not going to be like a squad rotation player. He'll come in and we'll have four very good attackers. But... Yeah, I think he can play up top on the wing. It's kind of what we're lacking. I know we're probably going to get Mudrick, but Joao Felix is like the dream one because he's a little more proven. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I've gone with Joao Felix for the exact same reasons. Literally a complete striker. He's like Gabriel Jesus, but with the finishing. So Yeah, and <laughs> he's equally skillful, I'd say. I do think we need a defensive midfielder because we only have one. And when we lost Thomas yeah. Partey at the end of last season... Shambles. We were done. When we lost him in Tierney, they were just the two most irreplaceable and players. Then, and then El Neni came in, and we were yeah. fine. El Neni, Tierney's backup was Tavares, which we don't speak about, and <laughs> Partey's backup was El Neni, so we just went from those two to like complete downgrade. We threw away top four. No, that's fair. El, that's fair. No, no, no. El Neni, trust in him. He I was trust fantastic. him when, for when... the rest of the season. Yeah, <laughs> when Arteta brought in El Nani, because he didn't play those first three games where we kind of bottled it, and that's where we kind of lost top four. When he came in, 
he was like he brought the team back together. He's not as good as Thomas Partey, of course. And there was still the Newcastle and Tottenham games, which you know were the final nail in the coffin. But ultimately, I think those were just teams where in that stage we were just completely overrun. But I think I'm okay with El Nani. I'm okay with him. Yeah, I'm the same. He's the, the goat. Rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. and then oh, I just love him so much. <laughs> and he's just got a banger in his back in his back yeah. pocket. He's got a pull yeah, out of bag at the new camp. At the new camp. Against um, Dundalk as well. <laughs> the best one. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. You you went to an Arsenal game. Where where do you think they need some improvement? Well, um Jao Felix is one of the players I put down because for the reasons you've pointed out. Um but also I think when I look at the team, Jao Felix would kind of fit this problem because he can play on the wing as well as up front. But when I look at the team, an injury to Martinelli would be absolutely disastrous. Um, the whole sure. shape of the team just f- completely falls apart. Eddie and Ketia can come in, um, and the sh- the shape of the team doesn't fall apart. Um, which is why I've gone with a boring answer. I've just gone with Mudrick. Um, I've not seen loads of him, but what I have seen is absolutely fantastic. Um, and then also it's just the fact that I think he would be okay sitting on the bench every now and then coming in um, and, you know, kind of rotating with Martinelli also allows Martinelli to play up front which he can play. And I think he can play it really, really well. Not quite the link up play that like a, a Jesus has uh, for example, but he has the work rate. He's clinical in front of goal. And when he's played there in the past, I've actually been really impressed with his positioning as well. Um, So I'd be happy with whilst, Jesus are out. I'd be happy with Martinelli and Enketia as options at striker, and then Martinelli, uh, Smith Rowe, or Mudrick can take that that left left hand side. I do see Smith Rowe more as a midfielder um, as well. So I'd love to I see Smith Rowe in the Jacques role. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, over a consistent period, because we've seen it like as a substitute or whatever. But over okay, a consistent I mean. period, um, it could it could be. It could be good for him. Um, but yeah, that's why I've gone with Mudrick. I just think, obviously, we're linked with him, so there's a realistic aspect to it there as well. But I just think he'd be happy to sit on the bench in those certain times. He's not going to be demanding to start every single game right now. And then as we progress, you know, we see who the better one is and, you know, maybe we have to make a decision down the road. But for now, I think it would be a great move. Yeah, Martinelli started out as a striker when we signed him. Those first mm. few League Cup and Europa League games, he was completely on fire. Yeah. James, how about you? So I've gone with uh, Enzo Lefay from Lorient, a versatile midfielder suited a bit more to like Erdegaard's role, but if needed, he can drop into a double pivot. Uh, he can also play wide, right-footed, technically gifted. He's in the top 90 percentile of attempted tackles with other midfielders from Ligue 1, top 97 percentile of completed dribbles. Doesn't make an insane amount of passes. However, Lorient don't play with the amount of possession that Arsenal would. However, he's still in the top 96 percentile of uh, expected assists. And he's in the top 97 percentile for shot-creating actions. Just a very versatile player. Won't start all the time. Doesn't need to. Just a useful hand that Arsenal could do with. Yeah, I like that. I I like it. I like it. Well, that's one transfer from us that every uh, Big Six club needs. Be sure to comment if uh, comment your thoughts, comment what you guys would have done differently, and we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Ciao. All right, perfect.